Yo, welcome back or welcome to the Educated Food Podcast. I am one half of the Educated Foods. This is Dr. J. And I'm your other half, Jarrell. Welcome back to another week, everybody. What's up? We are live, local, and late breaking <laughs> with all the madness. Man, it's, it's been a crazy day. <laughs> I, I'm curious to what my audio going to sound like because I can hook up the mic because we, we've been rushing to get this one in. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I'm on my phone <laughs> in a hotel room in Madison, Wisconsin. So there we go. Getting, getting some <laughs> cheese curds. Um, I'm about to. I'm about to. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I know about Wisconsin is cheese curds. But, um, I mean, okay. we talking we talking SCOTUS. There's there's nothing else to talk about. Affirmative action. Um, yeah. But before we get to that, um, I'm laughing because I know how it's been going. But yeah. <laughs> you want to tell the listeners how it's been going? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Just fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. We'll, we'll, so we'll leave it there. I don't want you to get in trouble. Yes, there we go. Okay, we'll leave cool. it there. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just fine. <laughs> oh, man. And on my end. But no, for real. Everything is just fine, though. Like, seriously, though, like, everything's fine. Everything's cool, calm, collected. Like, home life is doing great. Job is amazing, as always. I'm on a conference um, for advisors and stuff like that. And it's, it's really good to get be around people who get and understand your work <laughs> and know how to help you move that work forward. So I'm excited. Awesome. That's dope. It's always yeah. good when you can convene with like with like-minded people. Yeah, for sure. How are you, brother? How are you doing? I'm good. It's my Friday, so we're recording this on a Thursday. I've been at work over ten hours. <laughs> Four ten schedule for the summer. Ooh, um, oh, that's so right. I'm off the clock as I record this for my bosses. If you if mm-hmm. you tune if you tuning in, <laughs> I'm off. I'm yeah. off the clock. Um, <laughs> Off the clock. Um, but everything's good, man. Um, I ain't got nothing planned this weekend, which is which is a rarity. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. We ain't mm-hmm. spend too much time. Um, but today, the Supreme Court rules against affirmative action in college admissions. Um, Jesus Christ, which has been a career goal. For the main person we're gonna talk about on this episode, Mister mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas, or Cools, or I'm trying to think of the name, um, or Mister Pubic Hairs on My Soda Can, Anita Hill, um, trifling bastard. What was it, Long Don Silver or something? <laughs> uh, wrong, long, right, Long Don Silver, Long Don Long. I don't know. It was something. Yeah, he he, he allegedly. Referred to himself as Long Dong Silver, Mr. Clarence Thomas himself um, mm. has been on a mission um, ever since he got to Yale. Yep. To kind of dismantle affirmative action, he just doesn't believe in it, um, and it's interesting that it happened today because I literally just finished season eight of Slow Burn, which is four mm-hmm. episodes on Clarence Thomas. Um, so it, it, it told me a lot about Clarence Thomas that I actually didn't know. And a lot of things that I'm pretty sure those listening don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give you a little bit, but I, I highly recommend going to listen to slow burn on, on Clarence Thomas. Um, but let's talk, let's, I guess let's get into the decision what this means actually. And then we'll get into 
the man and why his mm-hmm. why he hasn't been debtor against affirmative action. So basically, the decision today yeah. um, makes it more difficult. It doesn't make it illegal. It just makes it more difficult for colleges, usually select universities as well, to be able to use um, race as a, um, I guess, a benefit or indicator to admit college students. And this mainly impacts, not mainly, it impacts Black and Latino students, or Latin A, Latin X, however y'all want to go about it. It, it. it impacts Black and Latin A populations because, mm-hmm. once again, historically, our, the doors have been shut and closed to us at some of the most selective institutions, literally almost all institutions. Um, so it is a major shift that is going to, once again, impact black and brown people and Mm -hmm. all I have to say again is for all you folks who voted for the lesser of two evils as you like to say how's that working out for y'all? I I just don't know I'm I'm left stunned for words with what this means and what this is because I know that this has been on the agenda for Republicans, especially Republicans moving that their agenda through the SCOTUS for a very long time. And what frustrates me the most is that we just can't seem to get enough support on the Supreme Court. Like, we just don't have enough deaths, is what I'm going to say, on the Supreme Court <laughs> during Democratic presidencies to shift the balance, right? Like, it seems like every Republican president... In, 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 in nowadays is getting to like stack the court with with folks because Democrats are like dropping like flies for real, and you know I, I can only speculate what what the next ten years is going to look like, but it's going to look rough. And also, what I will say is this is more of an argument for why Supreme Court justices should not be appointed for lifetime terms; they should have term limits. Because you have these old-fashioned, outdated views of what the constitutional, what constitutional law should be and what it looks like in these outdated interpretations of the Constitution and what that means. And you also see that not only are they working against the interests of people who look like them, but they're also working against the interests of people who are in their ear funding them as well. Because as we know, um, the, the biggest beneficiary of... Uh, affirmative action is white women. <laughs> and so white women have just struck a blow against themselves because they benefited the most from affirmative action since its inception. So it's just like with the argument against food stamps and TANF, right? Like TANF and food stamps primarily benefit women who are white. And it was made for white women as well. During World War II, when men were going off to, you know, war and things of that nature, it was made as a supplemental nutrition program that benefited white women primarily. And we have these this false understanding that it is black women who are milking the system when that's just not true. And so these arguments about destroying TANF and gutting TANF that Republicans make all the time actually undercut the very people electing them into office. 
just like with this affirmative action stuff. So again, I'm like, it leads me back to Coretta Scott King's quote, an eye for an eye leaves us all blind. Right? And and y'all are blind right now. Like, there's a lot of blind policy interpretations going on, a lot of blind laws, a lot of blind rulings and things of that nature that are taking place that are undercutting and underpinning the liberties of the very people who support you. I mean, it's... We talked about it before, right? When you were trying yeah. to understand, when people couldn't understand, like Trump voters, like poor white people loving mm-hmm. Trump, right? Or just white people in general loving or voting for policies that is going to negatively impact them. You, they rather vote against their own self interest as long as it means that black and brown people get less. Like that's what the the praising of striking down affirmative action today, at least in in college admissions, is all about. It's, Mm -hmm. I don't care if I don't get in, as long as they don't get in. Right? Because they're not screaming about legacy admissions, which I saw a a stat today about legacy admissions, how, like, at Harvard, Mm -hmm. close to, like, 40% is legacy admissions. Mm -hmm. Which is... So here's that. So 34% of Harvard students are white. 43% of those students are either legacies, legacies, children of faculty, kin of donors, or recruited athletes, right? 75% of them mm-hmm. would not have gotten in if not for their special status. And that's from the National yeah. Bureau of Economic Research, mm-hmm. right? But we're going to blame affirmative action for X person not getting in because we're just letting black and brown people in. Right. Right. And the backs of this is also which I'm not going to disparage a whole community, but a lot of this was sparked by an Asian student being denied. admission and blamed affirmative action, like which you benefit as well, because you're a person of color, you're from an underrepresented community. That's neither here nor there. So it's it's interesting, but there there has been nine states that had already banned race-based um, affirmative action. So Arizona, California, Florida, Idaho, Michigan, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, and Washington. Right? And when people say, when people, this is why voting is so important. When those things were banned, you saw a significant shift and decrease in enrollment amongst black and brown students in all of these states. And it's not because they decided they didn't want to go to college anymore. It's because the playing field is just not the same, dude. Real, like for me, I had no clue what engineering or who an engineer was. Literally, until I was probably grad school. Because the, the school I chose to go to didn't have an engineering program, so I didn't hear about it in undergrad. <laughs> so, and then when I started working at an engineering school, and I would, I would get white students coming to me, and they already had engineering classes in high school. They don't have engineering, I'm sorry, they don't have engineering classes where I grew up. There were no engineering classes in South Central LA, Compton, California. There were none. Right. When we talk about advantages, that's what it is. I used to I used to advise students 
black and brown students who were enrolled in engineering. They would take engineering one-on-one and they were failing. And why were they failing? Because they didn't know how to code. We literally had an engineering one-on-one class where you had to already know how to code. And these students was like, I thought this was introductory. Like, I thought this is where I learn how to code. No. That you've already, once again, if you were from an affluent community and have access to, you can do those things. So this is why these measures are put in place to just level the playing field. Right. I know I know people hate Chris Rock <laughs> in 2023, but he had a really good he had a really good affirmative action joke back in the day. And he was like, he believes affirmative, he believes in affirmative action. Now, he doesn't believe that a less qualified person should get a job over a qualified person. But if we're equal. Fuck that white person. I need to get that job. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's what affirmative action is. Is if we're equal, you get a little bit more because of what you have to endure and what you have to go through. Right? But people think people take it as like, oh, these less qualified people are given positions, they are enrolled in colleges just because they're black, just because they are Latin A when that is not how affirmative action works. There's no way that a a black kid who has a 1.5 is going to get in Harvard over a white student who has a 4.3. That's not how this works. But they will have you believe that. And who have you believe that? Let's get in and talk about our man, Clarence Thomas. So, Really what I want to talk about is what I learned listening to this podcast, Slow Burn, about Clarence Thomas. Yo. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, when I told you Slow Burn, you were shocked you didn't hear it, but... (laughs) Um, Got it. So did you know in college, before Yale, in college, Clarence Thomas was like a low-key civil rights type of dude? I didn't like I didn't believe it until this podcast where they interview like former uh classmates of his. Um and they were they were talking about like his his residence hall room. That's for my housing. That's for my ed, higher ed folks. For the non higher ed folks, the dorm room. <laughs> he had like posters of Malcolm X on his wall. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. And in college, he was all about like he would disparage other black men from dating white women. He was against interracial dating. (laughs) Like he was like leading the charge of we should only date black women. Like Clarence Thomas in college was a hotel. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. It wasn't until he got to Yale where his Republican views and, and everything started to shift and change is when he got to Yale. Yeah. But this is, but this is, so I'm going to get to his vendetta against affirmative action. And the reason why he hates affirmative action so much is because he's a product of it and doesn't want to acknowledge it and accept it. So he got into the college he got into because he, he wanted to be a Catholic priest. But he dealt with a lot of racism, so he left it. There was a college, I can't remember his undergrad. Um, I had it pulled up and I probably left it. Um, what was his undergrad at? College of Holy Cross. Um, he got in because the president at the time was just selecting black people. Like he wanted to increase the number of black students. So he got into Holy Cross, not as a sophomore transfer, not based on his academics because he dropped out of college because he didn't want to be a priest. So he got in because the president was recruiting black students. While at Holy Cross, he started the Black Student Union, dog. Like he started the Black Student Union. He drafted the charter for the Black Student Union. Clarence Thomas was blackety black dude back in the day. <laughs> so yeah. So that's so that's that's check number one, right? He got into um he got into college basically on affirmative action. It wasn't called affirmative action back then, but it was affirmative action. He got into college because he was black. Yale. Once again, he got into Yale as one of the only 12 black students at the time. And once again, Yale was trying to increase the number of black. So he got into Yale on affirmative action. After he graduated Yale, he couldn't find a job to save his life. Right. He couldn't get a job until he became an assistant attorney in Missouri. Right. And. And if you listen to if you listen if you listen to the podcast, the dude who hired him literally says it wasn't affirmative action, but I hired him because I knew that having a black person will make my company more diverse. So he got his first job because of affirmative action. And then when Reagan got in the office, and made him the chairman of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. He did that because he was black. And then his appointment to the Supreme Court and his nomination just so happened to replace the seat of the first black man. Therefore, his Supreme Court nomination and confirmation was all because... He was a black man. So literally, this Jigaboo's whole career is a product of affirmative action. And that's the reason why, is one of the reasons why he hates it so much. Because his grandfather didn't believe in handouts. 
his grandfather believed that she worked for everything. And his grandfather basically raised Clarence Thomas. So when he started shifting his political views, it was all at the, because of that lens, he was brought up with his grandfather and he was interacting with more white people and white people kept telling him, why would you want to accept this handout? Why would you want this? Why would you want this? So he started believing it like, oh, actually I'm better than that. I graduated from Yale. I don't need no handout. I'm in Yale. I don't need no handout. Other black people don't need no handout to the point to where every, every step of the way, Clarence Thomas got where he is, every position, every college enrollment, literally because he was black. And he, this is like, this is his, I mean, I know, I know he went back into his office and wrote one out. Like he was so happy that affirmative action, like he was able to strike that at least in college admissions. And he, I mean, he's he coming for more. I mean, it's, it's funny. I'm about to be stereotypical here, but most black women were married to white men are <laughs> like, I... <laughs> yeah, it's not based on facts, but through my own anecdotal research throughout my life, I've always been I'm like, I'm no longer shocked by it. Like be being staff meetings, call, being staff meetings, calling them the white devil, and then they show up to a. <laughs> For sure.
you went you went a different route with that because I was about to tell you who I believe have white men white women in his closets in his history, um, but he'll never admit it. Doctor Umar. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, that's, um, it's a, I mean, yo, voting matters. That, and if, if these last, I don't know, I feel like forever, seven, seven, eight years, don't tell you anything else. You haven't learned anything else. Like, yo, voting matters because, Voting for the lesser of two evils and quotations. Y'all gave Republicans the Supreme Court to do this. Y'all gave they they've taken so now I don't I don't have a running list. I really don't. But uh, mental health evaluations for guns. Roe v. Wade, so abortion. Affirmative action for College admissions, and this is just a start. This is this is just a start. Um, a, there was another one that I had on top of my head that I'm blanking on. But even if I don't remember it before the end of this episode, that's three major ones that have stood the test of time. And a matter of two years? I ain't never watched that show. My, my, my wife watched that. I don't watch that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yep. There... Yeah, Clarence Thomas is already, and it's crazy. Like Clarence Thomas has became like the man on the Supreme Court. Like he is, yo. It's it's crazy. But yeah, man, y'all need to listen to Slow Burn season eight. Um, cause yeah, the first two episodes really gives you the history of like Clarence Thomas' blackness, and then it starts morphing into the white man that he became. <laughs> so it, it's crazy um, I mean there were some other stories but nothing bigger than that um, everybody mad that um, the ex-deputy at Parkland um, Elementary was found not guilty today and I, I don't know how like People mad he he didn't go to jail because he stayed outside during a mass shooting. Uh, I don't know what y'all wanted him to do, to be perfectly honest.
But, I, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Like, yo, this isn't Call of Duty. Like, this isn't Grand Theft Auto. Like, this dude has an assault rifle. I have a 9mm. Like, this isn't... This isn't a movie. Like, this isn't a movie. <laughs> like, this isn't a movie. Like, I get it. Like, those, once again, losing was 17 was killed. And of the 17, I want to say, like, 12 were, like, babies. Like, it's great. Like, yes, we want something. Something should have been done. And what should have been done, he couldn't do. I got a crazy question before we get up out of here. Would you live on a cruise ship for three years if it only costs you $30,000 a year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So... Apparently, apparently, there's people who's paying $30,000 a year to live on a cruise ship. I never been on a cruise, so Don't they got buffets and stuff? So you've eaten. But anyway, uh, I'm about to get up out of here. I'd have been at work way too long. Let me get home to my wife and kids. So for one half of the Educated Fools, this is Dr. J. <laughs> we out. <laughs> uh, hotel room recording. That's how we do it, baby. We out.